guys, time for some trippy music. Trippy crazy things here. It's time for Some Call Me Tim. It's almost time. Some Call Me Tim. Uh, all right, we have a special guest today, Hunter Uniac. I can actually pronounce his name correctly, finally. Yes. Uh, we are going to uh, listen to him tell us why or why not he is a moral or ethical person, whether he believes in religion and if that forms his goodness or badness, depending on his belief structure. Talk about belief structures, talk about the past, future. Maybe he believes in death, maybe he doesn't. Everybody believes in death. Maybe he believes in an afterlife, maybe he doesn't. We're going to find out here. Some call me Tim. Where every week, your host, me, Pam Benjamin, talks with a different person, not always comedians, sometimes they're normal people, uh, about their connection or disconnection with the divine, the gods, old gods and the new. And uh, hey, welcome, Hunter Uniac. Thank you for having me, Pam. Trippy music in the background. <laughs> so, um, you know, go ahead. Tell us what's up. What makes you, what makes you you? And do you consider yourself? Well, first, do you consider yourself a moral person? Cool. Um, I do consider myself a moral person. Do you consider yourself a religious person? No. All right, all right. So <laughs> we're getting into it. Yes, I, uh, I'm an atheist with agnostic tendencies, but I, I still believe that I could not know, and I think that's what the whole journey of life is in its point. You know, like to figure out what happens after death. Um. I, I am a complete atheist. I was raised Catholic. I went through um, communion and all those things that you have to go in order to be um, accepted by the Catholic Church. But I, I never truly believed all those things. Like, I, I, I guess I can... How I disprove the Bible, what made me become an atheist is alcoholism. Oh, right? yeah? yeah? Oh, this is great! <laughs> like, here, here's an example. Um, in the Bible, it says that if you love getting drunk... Like, you can drink, but you can't get drunk. There we go, Tim. You can get drunk, but getting drunk is a sin, all right? Now, if it's a sin and you want to better yourself, you can die from alcohol withdrawals. What happens is, because you've been drinking for so long, this, uh, this happens after decades, though. If you've been drinking for so long, your blood gets very thin from all the alcohol in it. And if you just stop cold turkey, your blood gets thicker. Your heart's used to pumping at a certain rate. It can no longer do it, and you can die from a heart attack. Is after that you. why the DTs happen? Because your blood is thinned by drinking so much alcohol all the time? Yeah. I never n- knew that that was the reason. I. It makes so much sense now because people say, oh, well, you're physically dependent upon alcohol. And I'm like, why would you be physically dependent? It never really clicked until you just said the thing about blood. And now because we're that's learning. how they measure they measure the blood alcohol lev- limit when you drive a car or whatever and the way they, c- they can tell is they can tell how much is in your blood this is so interesting so and that's okay so that's the whole reason why you can go through DTs I, I didn't realize that the physical dependence I've never understood the physical dependence I always th- thought of it as like so that's why they say that heroin is easier to get off than alcohol because heroin isn't like technically uh, cigarettes are worse Cigarettes are the worst. That's what, I mean, that's yeah. what I've heard. That's I, from my experience. It is the worst to get off of. Yeah, I've yeah. never been able to succeed. But with the cigarettes, it doesn't physically change your makeup. Like, it can't kill you. When you quit cigarettes, you can't I, die from I quitting cigarettes. I know somebody who's died from cigarettes. No, uh, died quitting, from quitting, quitting cigarettes? cigarettes. Well, what, it wasn't from quitting. Like, this wasn't. Um, it was another comic I was talking to. His um, uncle or something. So it's you know. It's, I'm the third party that heard this, so I could be wrong, but when uh, his uncle quit, 
there was like this wall of tar or something that built up in his lung, and since he quit cold turkey, it fell off, it clogged his lung up, so he suffocated. That's, I think that that's a different, that's yeah, a different yeah. kind of case. It, it is. Oppo- as opposed to like the physical dependence. I, if you quit smoking, other than that one particular case, which just sounds like really bizarre, it's, it's not going to kill you. You're going to feel like you want to die, but it's not going to kill you. Same thing with getting off heroin. You're going to feel like you want to die, but it won't actually kill you. Whereas alcoholism, because of what you said about the blood, you could actually die. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like at uh, AA facilities and rehab places, like the director usually has a whole bottle of liquor locked up in the cabinet just in case somebody goes into DTs, they can wow. count a bottle of Jack, yeah. yeah. I never do that, but that's um, going on to the um, AA, which which I find weird. Like, I think religion can really help people in times of need. Like, again, AA uh, or um, other organizations like that, yeah, part of the 12 steps is you have to kind of surrender yourself to a higher power in order to that's what i don't like about it yeah exactly i don't like it too but like you you're kind of forced to go down that route i'm powerless <laughs> yeah, their success my own rate fall. is like two percent is it really two percent uh, something low wow yeah well scientology is 98 but <laughs> like uh the thetans yeah um that's what makes you drink is your bad thetans yeah <laughs> uh so back to hunter why have, do you have all of how did you formulate these precepts, these about alcoholism or about alcohol and about religion and what was the impetus where you're like, well, it's not true. Is, is there something that happened to you in your well, youth where you... That was one reason. If you also look at the Bible, there's, you know, two different ways to look at the Bible. It's either, you know, it's your own interpretation or it's the word of God. You know, like everything in there is what it says, you know, no matter what you, no matter what your opinions are. Now... How I learned, when I, when I grew up in religion, I learned that that's it. You know, and there are certain um, interpretations. But again, if it's a holy book, it's got to be right. And if it isn't right, it's not holy. So that, that, I guess that was what made me switch over to become an atheist. Uh, it's, it's also the fact that I've, you know, I, I'm 22. Okay, so oh, I've, yeah. yeah, thank you, Pam. I know, I shaved my beard. I actually look my own age now. Yeah, but, you, <laughs> did, you, did, you surprised me when you shaved your beard. I was like, God, you look so young. I thought you were like... I used to think you were like 28, and now I'm like, oh my god, he really is 22. <laughs> yeah, but when, um, oh, where was it going with this? Alcoholism. You Jesus. were at, I'm 22. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm 22. So when, I was, when I've been growing up, when I started to really pay attention to the world around me, I've seen people use the Bible as hate speech. Mm. All right? Now, I personally, like, and if you look past, past religions, it, you can go on and figure out that religions have been shaped by the men that have wrote them. All right? You go into the Bible itself... Um, there, there are scriptures that state it's okay for you to sell your daughter as a wife to somebody else, to oh, sell yeah. another person as a slave. Right, if they're raped or whatever. Even in Islamic culture now, if, if, if you see your daughter getting raped, then you can force the guy to marry her. Exactly. But if you don't see it, then you can just kill her. Exactly. Now, a lot of people have... stone them to death. Yeah. I'm just not going to say anything. (laughs) Now, I'm pretty sure all all of us agree that, you know, that's horrible and it shouldn't be enforced, but it wasn't forced at a certain time, and that's part of the Bible. Um, You go on... Where was I going to go with this? You go on... Like, it's... Those things that popped up in the Bible have just kind of turned me off from entirely, and you can see it getting forced upon in today's society with Planned Parenthood, a bunch of things like that. Like, the Bible is... How I feel about religion is it's... It kind of um, exaggerates who you are as a person. Huh. If you 
If you're a loving person, you're going to preach the love from the Bible. If you're a hateful person, you're going to preach all the stuff about, you know, misogynistic tendencies, um, sure. hate on um, homosexuals, things like that. It, all it is is an exaggeration of who you really are. I feel like it can be the most powerful tool ever, or it can just drag you down. It can drag society down. And society... Well, and it's a lot of blind following. I think that, that once you get, once you move away from critical thought and you go into blind, blind sheepism, you know... That's when things start to get a little mucky because you, when you're not questioning the party line, when you're not questioning what people are telling you is morally right and wrong, when you're not thinking for yourself and merely just doing what they what they say, then yeah. you're a blind following. Yeah. You, you kind of have to understand why we make the choices we make. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I kind of I I, don't, I watched the debate last night. I'm gonna watch your podcast on the debate later on. Oh, I wanted right to watch on. it first. I'm I'm really excited for it. But um, it kind of made me. Uh, I don't know. If it was, I thought this up this morning, so it might be a half baked idea. But I can see similarities between Trump's rise to political power and the rise of religion in certain places. It all starts off in an area of great distress, and somebody comes out of left field. Jesus Christ was an unknown person. Trump was in business, but you know he came out of left field, switched over to politics. And you can see it there. Like, it starts off with great distress, distress, and then the person promises everything. You know, he's been promising, I'm going to fix everything. He doesn't tell right. you how. I'll make America great again. Not exactly. going to tell you how, but I'm going to make America exactly. great Exactly. Well, this is one technique. Uh, okay if I interrupt? Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, this is one technique that's used in religion and every other form of mind control. Uh, it's called the uh, TRS method. It's... Um, I can't remember what that freaking stands for. Uh, it's, I read it in a David Icke book, so let's see how credible this is. But... Um, this actually made me kind of almost like believe David Icke was sort of right about some things. But anyways, what religion does and people like Trump and Hillary and, you know, people in power, politicians, um, they do is what they do is they create a, repo- uh, a problem. Uh, it's PRS, not TRS. It's problem response and then uh, solution. Uh, they create a problem and then they respond to that problem. Um, like uh, you get up, go to the bathroom. I knock over your Miller High Life. And then, you come back, and I'm like, oh, shit, your high life fell over. Oh, my God. And you're like, oh, fuck. And then, um, you know, I get a towel, and then I help clean it up. And you're like, oh, that was really great. That's the response. And then, like, but think of that on a bigger level. Like, uh, I start a fire in the woods, and then uh, I save everybody's life after. Then you trust me now. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what religion and, like, Trump and, like, these big politicians are doing. Um, I'm totally butchering this whole thing, but Is I'll bring that book in. Personal response? No, it's no, a uh, problem uh, solution response. Problem solution response. It's not even in the Wikipedia. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That means it doesn't exist, you guys. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. Wikipedia is true. It's 100% fact. Well, well, it's, I mean, I read this in a David Icke book. Um, he's, I mean, he, he's definitely mind opening about things, but that's the whole thing. Just because everybody thinks a certain way doesn't mean it's right. Exactly. And just because oh, everybody be PSR, believes PSR. in PSR. Jesus. Well, Pam's looking that up. I'm gonna go on with the um, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's he he came in and proved like tried to talk, promise it to an entire group that he wants to solve everything without telling you why. And first he tells you with a lot of misogynistic tendencies, you know, you know how he replied to Melon Kelly when she grilled him. He said she was on her period, stuff like that. He spread hate to an entirely different group, the Mexicans or Latins. When he said they're bringing in rapists, stuff like that. And then once that all, and then um, once it started, the message started spread, um, spreading. He changed policies. Now, if you see him in debates or things like that, he tends to ignore his birtherism comments. He tends to ignore the comments he made about Latin Americans and women like that. And it's switching over to make a broader base. 
the same tendencies can be said for like with again Jesus Christ because if you look in the Old Testament, it goes on about how to sell your wife as a slave. God apparently during um, the Great Flood, God you know flooded everybody. He, that, that's the biggest genocide in recorded history. If yeah. you take that for literal truth, and then in the New Testament, he switched over and said, "I will forgive you for everything you do." Right, you went from a vengeful God, a vengeful and jealous God in the Old Testament, who. If you fuck up, he's coming down, get ya. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna rain some fire on your Sodom and Gomorrah asses. Yeah. And if you if you have any if you like that and you even look back like Lot's wife, now you're a pillar of salt. Now oh you wanna remember, you want people to remember? Well yeah, now you're salt. People will be able to say, you know, it's nice, you can save your meat for a long time out in the desert with that salt. But God struck down. Like, and even in the Old Testament when they're like, how about your God versus my God? <laughs> Who's going to make this thing light on fire? And God's like, I'll make it light on fire. And then he lit all the, and then after that, they killed all the priestesses. God killed, God, quote unquote, killed all the priests uh, from the other religion. It was like, see, Baal is nothing. Ha ha ha. B-A-A-L. I am everything. I am God. But then you're right. In the New Testament, it's like, love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly. And yeah, um, yeah yes, you can. Have, you, there's no more stoning, basically. They they they, they let go of the of the uh, Old Testament. You know, if you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. Thing. I think that you know everyone should be stoned all the time, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Hunter, keep going. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like God kind of when he switched over, like he seemed to have like a drug addiction problem, and then you know in the New Testament just reformed himself entirely. Um, I don't know. Like I, when I look at religion, I tend to look at it more in modern day values because well, I'm living today. You know. So that's what I tend to focus on. And I, a lot of politicians, a lot of bankers, wealthy people, they use religion as an excuse for what they're doing. Like, we're in a presidential election year. You know, and I, ever since I was born, I have not seen one Democratic, I'm sorry, one Republican ticket where at least two of those people on the ticket have said, God chose me to run. Like, God came to me and talked to me to run. Well, and George W. Bush actually believed and talked about it that God talked to him. Like, he would pray and God would literally speak to him. Yeah. And nobody seems to have a problem with... Uh, he said it, this openly? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's it's in his book, too. It's in the book that he didn't really... That was ghostwritten. Uh, but he's, you know, he's... I, God, God talks to me, you know. Hey. Yeah, and like, I, I have a lot of religious friends, you know. I, I don't dock him for it, but like, if people are doing that to you constantly, every election year, every time there's a ballot up, there's one candidate saying God told me to vote. There's, there's got to be a point where you're saying this is all, these are all lies. Like, when is the movement going to happen where Christians, Catholics finally stand up for themselves and say these are what we believe in? You know, let's stop, you know, preaching the hate. Let's start preaching whatever everything in the Bible loves. Like, I've read the Bible. Okay, yeah, I think it's a great piece of literature when done right. Well, when interpreted, yes, it depends who the, who's on the interpretation. Yes, because yes. King James is boring as fuck. <laughs> it's the, tough with those these and thous and those. Have you heard all this? Uh, I was just pulling out this article for you because uh, I, I don't know what sense to make of it, but they think that uh, Plato had a big influence on the Bible. Uh, this is the article Plato? here. Yeah, there's this one of the articles. There's a whole. They just figured this out a few months ago. Wow. Yeah. That Plato has to do with the intellectual stage of the early church. Platonism is part of the vital structure of the Christian theology. If people would read Platonists who worked to reconcile Platonism with scripture, they would understand better the real continuity between the old culture and the new religion. And they might realize the utter impossibility of excising Platonism from Christianity without tearing Christianity to pieces. 
the Galilean gospel, as it proceeded from the lips of Jesus, was doubtless unaffected by Greek philosophy. But Christianity, from its early beginning, was formed by a confluence of Jewish and Hellenic religious ideas. Absolutely. Um, and we took a lot of pagan... Uh, Christianity was formed by taking a lot of pagan religions and turning them into... and adding Christianity to it because it just made it easier. Why would why do we celebrate Christmas at Christmas time? Because that was the you know, the the winter solstice where at the seed of all darkness, at the longest day of the year, you can celebrate that it will all be lighter from here. And it's the darkest day of the year, and then every day continues to get longer. So, of course, you put the birth of Christ there because it's he is the light of the world, right? He's the light in the darkness at the darkest times of pagan religion, at the darkest times when the sun is the least in the sky. Of course, that's when the sun, S-O-N, would come to bring the sun, <laughs> the S-U-N. Also, like in reference to the sun gods and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Calm down with the homophones. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I love the homos. Uh, but back to, back to Hunter. I'm just pontificating off of your... Uh, no, but that, but that again goes exactly back to the point I was trying to make where um, the religion and its time period is dictated by the men who are in charge of the religion. Sure. Right? It, the, the, all religions have kind of, you know, like change in order to set with the times. Um, here's an example. Mary Magdalene, everybody knows her in the Bible as... Big whore. Yeah. She was not in the original. If you go to the Council of Nicaea, she was taken out. The Council of Nicaea uh, happened 250 years after the death of Jesus Christ. And that's when all the popes, bishops, you know, from various countries came in together, and they decided we need to get one coherent message across on the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so they said, Mary Magdalene's a whore. Exactly. Altogether, they they agreed. Yeah, she... um, Well, they took her book out. She had a book in the Bible, right? Exactly. Like, they only chose certain books to go into the New Testament, and there were many first-hand accounts written by many different people who hung out with Jesus, and those just weren't the ones included. Exactly. Like, she she was supposedly the first person, it's still in the Bible today, she was the first person to see Jesus Christ after his resurrection. Yeah, uh uh-huh. She was walking down the path. Yeah. She, she went to go, I forget what she was doing, but she was going to visit she was going grave. To, she was going to visit the grave. She yeah. was going to clean it, him or do something, she, but the stone was already rolled away. She was she, with the Easter Bunny. Right, she was, with, <laughs> she was actually with the mother Mary, I believe. The, yeah. the two Marys were together, or I don't know if she was alone or not, but then there's a beautiful piece of art that's from the 1600s, and a lot of people represent it, is that the, when the angel came to her, because the, the stone has been rolled away, and she's crying, and she's all upset, and an angel comes to her and says, like, why are you crying? And then she turns around, and it's actually Jesus. And she's like, whoa, it's not really you. And he's like, put your hand in my side. See, here's where they, this is where they put the holes in me to hang me to the cross. Here's, here's the spear in my side. And so zombie Jesus comes and talks to her. And she's like, holy fuck, zombie Jesus. <laughs> and then she goes back to everybody and she's like, Jesus is alive. And they're like, no, Thomas, doubting Thomas says, no, Jesus is not a lot. And then he comes back to the whole group. Exactly. Yeah. She had arguments with Peter and Thomas, two of his uh, most uh, ardent proclaimed- supporters. I'm sorry? Ardent supporters. Actually, even though Peter denied him three times and then finally was like, no, no, he's real. Yeah. But he was one of, he was the, he was the main guy. Peter was his main bro. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, um, they talked about her. They completely bashed on her for being a woman. And that's one of the reasons why she's taken out of the Bible. And it just goes back to, you know, I wouldn't really call it book burning, even though the Catholic religion did it back then, but I would just count it as the tendencies of the times to say that she was under duress, she probably hallucinated, oh, she's just a woman. Well, you know, know, and she probably didn't, how could she have written it herself? Women didn't know how to read and write. 
So she must have spoken it to a man who maybe wrote it down, but the only people who knew how to write. So if the book existed, it was because her story was told multiple times and maybe somebody finally wrote it down. But women weren't taught how to read and write. They weren't allowed to. Only the priests were allowed to read and write unless you were some how sort of like... How any of this crap? It's like, I mean, he could have been in a fucking coma and just woken up. Like, he could have had some weird medical thing. Maybe he didn't die. Maybe he just was, like, sleep. They thought he was dead. They buried him. He could have gone back up. They didn't know what shit was then. You know, they didn't know. Yeah, and th- there's been, I mean, um... I-, I don't know. It's just, like, didn't they believe in, like, all kinds of other weird stuff? I don't, I don't, yeah, and that, yeah. that's been uh, categorized throughout history, too. Um, vampires and zombies, you know, like, the 15th, 16th century, they were, like, those people just were um, brain dead or in a coma, like you were talking about, Tim, but then they came back from life, they dug themselves out of the graves, and they got that mythological standing just because people at that time didn't understand what a coma was. Right, and perhaps something like leprosy, where your skin is being eaten off, and then they think you're dead. And then you wake up and you come out and you might be missing a nose. Syphilis, another a syphilis, another disease where it breaks off parts of your body. So like, d- definitely these zombie myths had to come from somewhere, right? Well, do you know that's where the whole um, the the moniker, the you know the the what's the the adage people say? Oh, saved by the bell. That's because there was so much lead poisoning in uh, the Europe, Europe at that time when people were drinking all their mead and they were drinking their ales and they were drinking them out of lead cups. And so sometimes people, they think they were dead because of the lead poisoning. So bring out your dead, bring out your dead. They I'm brought not out dead. The, I'm not dead yet, I'm not <laughs> dead yet. Yes, but a are. lot of people, they didn't know if they were dead. So that's when the practice of night watchmen came in and that's why it was ringed by the bell, say by the bell, <laughs> is that they would put a bell and a string and they would string it under the ground into the casket. Mm-hmm. So if the person suddenly became alive after 10 days because they were in a, they were not dying, they were dying of lead poisoning. Yeah. Ring, 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 night watchman digs them out. Wow. That's where, the, that's where it came from. And you got to hang out with A.C. Slater and Screech. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, that's, where that, that's where that adage comes from. It, it's real. People were really, we didn't have doctors. People don't know what the fuck they were doing. So... You know, and the story of Lazarus. Jesus raised him from the dead. Did, you know, maybe he really just wasn't dead. Or who knows? I mean, but that's the thing is, do you do you believe in miracles? Hunter Uniac, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in miracles? Okay, I'm, a, I'm an avid baseball fan. I love baseball. All right, when um, Jose Fernandez, I believe his name, is one of the pitchers for the Marlins, passed away from a boating accident. He was 24. All right? He passed away very recently, like within the past week. And D. Gordon, one of his teammates went up to bat left-handed. He's usually a right-handed batter, all right? He hit the ball farthest he's ever hit in his entire life beyond batting practice or whatsoever, and that was the game that he wore Fernandez's, I mean, jersey. Whoa. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I believe in miracles, but I do not believe it's because some man in the sky just going over going, yeah, you deserve that. You know, I, I think... So you think it was the ghost uniform? You think the ghost, the left-handed ghost helped hit it, him hit? I mean, those guys are really close. I'm sure he was deeply affected by what happened to his friend. Oh, he was. Yeah, they yeah. they spend what 162 games a year. Like in, they're probably they've been roommates. Guys for a like long that time. know how to fucking control themselves too. Uh, like all their bodies. I mean, I'm sure he was just deeply affected and wanted that to happen subconsciously and just made it. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a miracle guy. I, I believe miracles can happen, <coughs> but I don't, but when they do happen, it's not some divine power. Angels in the outfield. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Good movie. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that's debatable, but yeah. <laughs> you believe in miracles? I do. I do believe in miracles. I believe, I don't know if, if you call it miracles or I don't know if it's a voice from the beyond, but um, I'm 
personally should have died multiple times. I've had, I've had multiple accidents and things that have happened to me where I should be dead. Definitely should have died many times. Now, three, three specifically, I know I should be dead. And, um, and I'm still, and it's, and, and I, and I'm not. So it's one of those things like, wow, it's, that's pretty crazy. Um, so something, and, and they were all affected somehow by people. Although my mother says that angels woke her up in the middle of the night, but I mean, I'd taken a, I'd taken a drug overdose. So I was probably breathing really heavily or something or breathing. <laughs> so she says, an angel woke me up and told me that you did a terrible thing. And I was like, ah, and then she took me to the hospital and then they pumped my stomach and had all the charcoal. But I didn't have to go do any counseling and nothing adverse happened. And I went back to school on Monday, even though I took 80 aspirin. It didn't matter because I sat in this chair uh, puking charcoal into a bucket and the psychiatrist was like, why did you do this? And I said, well, high school is really difficult. I don't have a lot of friends and Jesus loves me. And I just want to be with Jesus because I'm tired. This world is too difficult. And you know what? Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my savior's face. Get me the fuck out of here. High school sucks, bro. (laughs) And um, they were like, oh, Jesus. Yeah get out of here and they released me like they brought me in at like six in the morning and then they had me on machines and stuff and I they tried to pump my stomach and then they threw they gave me all this charcoal and I threw up all this stuff and it was gross and and I was out that night before we got Chinese food at eight o'clock and went home and ate it and my hands were still numb from the drugs I'd taken and they let me go home it's happened on a Friday night I was home by Saturday at eight eating um you know, hot and sour soup Sweet. because, and I went to school on Monday. There was no, and there was no, I didn't have to go see any psychiatrists, psychologists, nothing, nothing. And I was 17. Wow. And it's because I, and I legitimately believed in Jesus. I was, when they asked me that question, I was serious. I was like puking into the black stuff from the garbage can. And I'm like, life is just so hard. Bleh. I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. I just want to be with Jesus. So everything will be nice again. Yeah. Like Jesus loves me. This I know. And I was a legitimate zealot. And then when my mom's like, I heard an angel woke me up and said to come check on you. And I never check on you because you're like 17. Why would I check on you? So like in my mind, I'm like, well, was it a miracle? Or did my mom just hear me breathing too hard? I think your mom probably spied on you all the time, and she just yeah, used that was the just a good cover up, like moms usually do. My mom used to listen to my phone conversations on the other like landline in the house. Wow. Yeah, like they're they're awful. Those Invasion mothers. of privacy. Well, I mean, if something came out of my body too, I would spy on it. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching this one poop for years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have it in a little. I have it in a jar. Yeah. Actually, this is this is a total non sequitur, but this goes to children and what they think. We form them, but this is a child thing. Some two-year-olds, when you're potty training them, and especially when they turn two and a half, three, if they're having trouble and they want to poop in their diapers and they can talk and you ask them, why aren't you using the toilet? Why do you want to poop? And they say, I want to keep it because I made it. It's very, very common for small children who are being potty trained to not want the poop to go in the toilet because they made it and it's theirs. Which I find very interesting for human, you That's know. why it's called a food baby. It's a food baby. But you made it. It's like you put the stuff in your mouth and you make, like you're your own God, right? You, I made this. 
Okay. Back to Hunter and his <laughs> thoughts on God and poop. But so now you're now you're specifically atheist. Uh, uh, with agnostic tendencies. Uh, I, I do believe there are higher powers out there, but I don't believe they're gods. Just how, like, you know, a small child would mess with an ant field, you know, by poking a stick in it. Sure. That same indifference that, like, a higher power would look down on human beings. You know, it, it's... So you think, like, nature... Like, you believe in nature because that's a higher power, but you don't think it has... It's not a personification of power. I, I believe... Yes, I believe in nature, but like that. But exa- again, like, the higher powers wouldn't necessarily care about us. Because it's there personified. It, because yeah. we're personifying a force, right? Like gravity. We don't go like, gravity's mad at me. Exactly. <laughs> I fell down off my skateboard. Gravity is so mad at me right now. Neptune I really pissed off gravity. Dick. Gravity's such a... <laughs> G, the G word, God, gravity. But we don't personify gravity because we see it as a force. We because call a, Mother because Nature. Because a scientist was the one who discovered it. Because a scientist, yeah. yes. So the personification wasn't in there rather than somebody who believed in religion when they saw a miracle automatically thought, it's the will of God. It's the will of my, a higher creator. Right. Yeah. Like the sun in the sky, before we know that it's a star, we don't know what it means, but we know it's all powerful because it makes the warmth and makes us not die. It's, and we go... That's God. It's some oiled up Greek dude flying a chariot through the sky. Right. Isn't that fun? I love those myths. <laughs> it's some oiled up Greek guy. That was, well, that's what he believed is that he took, one of them is the sun god and he trails the sun around and the other one is the goddess of the moon as she comes out. And then also women seem to bleed every 28 days. So that's another moon cycle. And they were like, oh, I believe in this that's god. That's why or, it was a goddess of the moon. Oh, I didn't realize that. Because the moon is on a 28-day cycle, and most women are on a 28-day cycle. Also, the waves come in and out on the moon cycle. And I feel like I read like 600,000 years, the tides reverse. I, I, I don't understand science. It's pretty cool. It's, <laughs> no, uh, every 600 years, a god comes out of the ocean and makes the... No, okay. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it works. I don't know. There's, there's usually solar flares when that happens, too, which is weird. I can't wait for the solar flares, because supposedly the solar flares are going to knock out all the cell phones. And all the computer stuff. And once the computers are down, then my skills will finally come to fruition. <laughs> what, are, what are some of your, sk- your skills, Pam? I can denature protein with heat. Hmm. With lots of different heat sources, be they fire hmm. or, you know, whatever. That's usually how we... I'm, 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 good. I'm, a good, I'm good at cooking. Like, I'm an outdoor. I can cook outdoor over open flame. I, can, I have survivalist skills that are going to be important in the apocalypse. When Armageddon happens, I'm coming to you, Pam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what I need is a sniper rifleist. Are you good at that? Uh, I'm blind in one eye, but I'm, I am. Like, so did, when did God do that to you? <laughs> uh, when I played third base for the first time and thought I could, line drive straight to the dome. And you blinded you? Well, I had bad vision before, but it cracked the um, the bottom, the cheekbone, and it made my vision worse. But your eyes look normal, and they move together. You just can't see out of it? Uh, I can barely see out of this one. Like, if I go like this, you guys just, like, if I close my um, left eye, you guys just kind of look like blurry shapes. Wow. This is, um, my right eye is 40-50, which I have no idea what it I means. I don't know what that means either. Yeah, but my Science. left eye is a 20-15, which means it's better than 20-20. Wow. But you don't, you don't use any weird gla- glasses wouldn't help. Uh, I wear contacts sometimes. Huh. I really want to get a monocle prescription. A monocle prescription? I have a legal right. A monocle! Well, you know, I say go with the monocle over the eye patch. 
because <laughs> you could just close it off. But if you still have, if you still have Kavish, yeah, definitely a monocle. Oh, yeah, and the a monocle would only watch. be for like very fancy occasions. You know, if I'm wearing oh, a suit yeah. and tie, I'd bring it out like a jackass every time I could. Yes, of course. You want to look something? Look at something closer. Excuse me. Let me get my monocle out. And when I put it out, it has to I put I have to put on a French <laughs> accent. When I put it away, it goes back to an American. Very nice. <laughs> um, more theories from Hunter Muniak. Um, you were talking about miracles earlier. I'd oh, like right, to miracles. address that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm supposedly in a, a miracle. Uh, my mother is completely barren. Whoa! Yeah, and then surprise! Like Sarah. Who's Sarah? In the Bible, Abraham had a wife named Sarah. She was over 90. And the angel came and said, you're gonna have a baby. And he said, that with my wife Sarah, with my whore, Hagar, right? So he slept with his ladies again, and he ended up having some kids with his slave ladies. I remember But this. he finally, she did, she became pregnant. 92-year-old woman. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in all these biblical stories. But she was an old lady. She was supposedly barren. Had a baby. That was Isaac. But so you were a miracle baby. Your mom yeah. was supposedly barren. And then I came out when she was about 33. That's not. That's yeah, not that's, that bad. That's a Jesus year. That's your yeah. Jesus year. That's good. Yeah. I can debunk this whole Sarah thing when he's done. Yeah, okay. No, I, I think I have a feeling we're gonna go with this. But please go for it. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So. Uh, what's his name? The guy's name? Abraham. Abraham. Yeah, so Abraham's banging Hagar. Uh, and gets pregnant. Calls it Hagar's because he's or uh, Abraham's because he's got a bigger house or something. Yeah, he does. He was a rich guy. But yeah. they were both old. That's the thing. They're saying that she was 92 and he was supposedly older. They couldn't fucking count either. And I know. Been. I think that maybe their yeah. years were different. But then also Isaac was the son that God asked Abraham to sacrifice. He brought him up to the mountain. He's like, psych! He's like, hey, son, let's go on a walk together to yeah. the top of this mountain and we're going to make a sacrifice to God. I'm going to tell you and to then, rock. And then Isaac goes, hey, dad, why? Where's the ram that we're going to sacrifice to the God? And then Abraham goes, don't worry about it. God's going to provide and this stuff. So they get up there and he gets the ropes out and he's about to tie his son to the altar to burn him alive to God. And then God says, stop. And he puts a ram in the bushes and then they go, oh, look, God provided. And he unties his son from the altar and then they kill and sacrifice the ram together. I have a problem that the father was so willingly to tie up his son just immediately. He couldn't have waited five minutes before God, you know, provided them the lamb. Well, they went on a huge hike. God was being a they dick on this. They walked up the mountain, yeah. They yeah. walked up the mountain. The whole thing is that it's a dumb story in the Bible because it teaches you to follow God blindly. Exactly, yeah. And that's a horrible thing to teach someone, that it to, to abandon critical thought. To say, oh, my 92-year-old wife, Sarah, had this son, and I wasn't supposed to have any kids, and I finally had one, but God wants me to sacrifice him. And I'm like, okay, let's tie this kid up. Yeah, the author of that story could have just been trying to fucking make sense of the weird kids that his whore had. Um. That, that, there there are many different strange Mm. things in the Bible. Okay, so you're a miracle baby. Yes. But 33 is not that old. No, it is. And also, uh, to go off the scientific reasons, I guess, uh, w- the condition my mother had with her womb, the doctor said um, that it could be fixed with age. Just leave it alone. It could happen. Huh. It happened. You know, I came out. Um, the condition is still existing in my mom, though, because if you look at my, my brother's age, we're all five years apart. Okay. And, you know, my parents are married, and they wanted siblings around the same age, so there was still the struggle, you know, because oh. they, they constantly tried, and it took five years for each one. So your brother is a young tyke. Your brother is 17 now in high school? Uh, 16 in high school. 16 in high school. And then I got a 12-year-old little brother. Wow, all yeah. boys. Yeah, my parents are fucked for college funds. Wow. Well, you can put yourself through school. Did you, you've already, do you have well, your degree yet? 
No, I'm putting myself for school right now. I pay everything out of pocket. I do have a college fund put away, but that's going to be for the four-year. Oh, so yeah. right now you're going to community college. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. It's cheaper. It is. Oh, yeah. I'm actually thinking of changing over to um, culinary school. I love cooking. Oh, yeah. That's expensive. It's about 20 grand. It is, but that's why I got the fund. Yeah, it depends if you um, – I almost went to culinary school. If I didn't get into graduate school, I was going to go to culinary school. But um, the pastry program is twice as long as culinary school. So you can go for like five months, and you can just get your knifey, chefy, denature, protein over heat degree. But if you go for the full 10 months full time, then you get your pastry degree. So you get both. Mm. So it depends. It depends if you're into pastry or not. But um, uh, if it pays better, I'm into pastry. Mm, I think. Well, it depends. I, it's just you, you have a you have a larger set of skills if you do the whole if you do the whole thing. Probably would go through it. Yeah. Yeah. But <clears throat> so you, what are you studying right now? In uh, are you studying religious studies at uh, CCFS? Oh no no. no. Uh, poli- I was into politics, mm. and then I had a minor in English, and then I also got a, um, a personal training degree. But then I got fat. So that you were a really personal trainer? I was for a year and a half. I was uh, 235, 8% body fat at one point. 8%? Like, I, was, I was big. I did a bodybuilding competition. What? Yeah. Show us on Facebook. We want to see these sexy pics. <laughs> I don't have any pictures of it because I, I don't take pictures at all. I don't, have, you know, I don't even have a profile picture on my Facebook. That's, I noticed that. Yeah. I thought that you were trying to hide. I was no, wondering who you were hiding from. thinks I'm crazy. Just like this weird guy with no picture heading up, where do I go for open mics? No, they're they're they see you. They think you're. So why did you get into comedy? How did that happen? Um, I just got the idea in my head because I've always. Oh, loved so God told you? God. <laughs> sorry, I'm kidding. No, no, he he told me not to, and I said fuck you. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. But um, I just, I got the idea in my head. I started off with a couple of stories that I thought were pretty funny. I did great my first time. Bombed the next three. I didn't do it for six months. Then I started coming back, and I've been in love with it ever since. You know, it's. Bombing sucks. I hate it. I hate it when I, I hate it when I bomb. I bombed a little bit last night. People, my jokes don't make sense yet about the T-Rex. I'm just sort of ranting oh, about yeah. it. Nice. Oh, I talked about I talked about the T-Rex t- twice for six minutes. I <laughs> talked about it for six minutes at OMG, and I talked about it for six minutes at Brainwash. Nice. Pam was outside Brainwash going up to any person she can trying to, like, validate her T-Rex there. Yeah, nice. I, I'm like, <laughs> look at the pictures. I'll show there's, there's you guys the pictures. There's documentaries you can watch. I, I, I've, been list, I've just been looking at the bones and studying the bones, and I think that I'm right on this. I, I think, think yeah, it's well, absolutely. I mean, it's proof that you're right. I mean, uh, you you, be, Pam, I'm yeah. sorry, you're wrong, but dinosaur bones were put down by Satan to disprove God's theory. You know what? And that's the thing is that the Christians, some of the Christians believe that the, that the world, because they, they believe the Bible as truth and not as allegory. And they say, well, Genesis was about 4,000 years ago. So, uh, the, you know, the dinosaurs and the peoples obviously lived at the same time since the earth is only 4,000 years old, yeah, right? Yeah. So the dinosaurs and the peoples, they were, of course, they were together. You hear what um, Ken Ham did? He's uh he, he he debated Bill Nye on the theory of evolution like I think 2012 or something like Hot that. Hot dog. Yeah, he created a life-size um, ark that's now floating in somewhere in Michigan or something with like and it has dinosaurs with the other animals that are supposedly on the ark. It's like he's using it as scientific proof. No, the dinosaurs eat the other animals. Have you been that, to Michigan? Oh no. right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh it's. it's no, like, no. you know when you go too far in a video game and, like, they made extra space that they didn't really need there and everything's just kind of repeating over and over again? They're that's, just, like, yeah. dudes walking into walls. and that, That's Michigan. Wow, that yeah. is a great uh, allegory. Yeah. That's a great simile. Uh, if you're in Michigan, Metaphor. fuck you. <laughs> what do you think about Michigan, Hunter? Michigan? Is it, uh, is it God's land or is it Satan's it is. It's, paradise? It's, it's part of the Bible Belt. 
part of the, part Bible. Of the Bible Belt. They, uh, I, I was doing the numbers over this. Um, if I can just get into it, uh, there's a direct. I don't think. Well, there's a direct correlation between life expectancy and how many religious people there are. Let me uh, pull the numbers up. Wow. Quick. Man, you're prepared here. Wait a minute. Life expectancy and whether or not you believe in religion. <coughs> yeah. Really? Here somewhere. Here we go. All right. So the average lifespan in the UK, which has a 15 percent, 15 percent of the people there go to church regularly. The average lifespan is 77 to 80 years. The U.S. 35 percent, 77 years. You go to France, 10 percent, 82 and a half years. Okay. You go to Nigeria, 89 percent people are religious. 52-year life expectancy. Yeah, they also live in Nigeria. I don't think that's fair. Well, I mean, we can go down even more, but you can also see that um, now and today, uh, priests are entering, you know... Do you have Bangladesh on there? uh, No, but I can look that up. I mean, I'd be interested, like, Bangladesh, the Philippines. I mean, because these... A lot have these people. These people! When you have, like, a super Muslim country or a super overtly Christian country, or that... What about the Buddhists? Do they live longer? They but live forever, Pam. They live forever. They just forever. keep repeating and repeating. And going Super off. enlightened, yeah. Yeah, yeah just, uh, resurrecting. Re- resurrecting over and yeah. over and over. Buddhist, Buddhist temples, though, are beautiful. I went to Japan in 2009. I went to go see this Eastern Buddhist temple complex. I forget. it's Their name's too hard to pronounce, but it has, like, the largest bronze statue of um, Buddha in there. I went there. I was... 15 or something we got to meditate there it's an amazing experience i didn't even know what meditation was at 15 (laughs) i didn't either but they kind of turned me onto it and i really think meditation does help a person uh and i do think that religion does get some things right like again meditation um if you look at uh, a lot of religious texts they tell you what to eat and what not to eat and that can be better for your health so uh religion does help a lot of people in certain things it's just are you gonna like? It depends like what you read and what you don't, because some of the also advice is not so good. Right, absolutely. Uh, the Bible says just terrible things about women. Yeah. And but uh, you know what? Religion is a tool for subjugation, and maybe the reason that these really super religious countries are dying younger is that I don't know. There, there's mass wars happening and shit like that <laughs> like terrible there's like horrible genocide and Rwanda's uh, yeah, falling apart yeah, and are they all is, Christian? There is underlying issues and why the life expectancy I'm not saying there's a direct correlation between how religious you are and what your life expectancy is but I am saying is that if your life expectancy is deemed to be shorter you have a higher chance of going to religion huh because, okay okay I gotcha because again going to um, in today's society priests are coming in at a much older age back, um, maybe in the 1960s. The average age of a priest today, I believe, let me see if I can find it, is about 59 years rather than the 1970s when it was 40 years. Wow. Yeah, that's about a 30 some odd percent increase. But you look at other, these are relig- um, educated guys that are coming in too. And if you look at the, um, the, the age of people in other educated fields such as attorneys and doctors, it's only jumped 3%, 5%. Sure. So it's just, I feel like, um, I, I have a fear of death. I think everybody sure. does. Well, yeah. And I feel like once you get, once you realize you're starting to get closer to, you know, the infinite abyss or whatever you think is going to be happening after, you're, you're going to be more likely to go to something that tends to say there's an afterlife. You can fix all that you can done and you can live in paradise for your entire, for eternity after. We're such gullible little fuckballs, aren't we? Oh yeah. Hey, all the bad stuff you did, Jesus forgives you and you get 12 mansions in heaven. Twelve mansions. Yeah, and then, I love some, it. and then some genius goes, "Hey, idiot! God told me to tell you, run over that hill and kill all those people." 
Right, and we're yeah. like, cool. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely jump on that train. So, Hunter, what do you believe happens when you die? Are we all just tree food? I don't know. Are we worm? We're worm meat? We're tree food? We're... I don't know, and that's kind of like one of the reasons why I think life's important, to figure it out, you know? Um, I found, I was, I was watching this documentary. Um, it was about drugs, which is a great way to talk about the afterlife. I love drugs. <laughs> um, and there's this new drug that came out in a synthesized form. It's called DMT. Oh, DMT is the best. It's yeah, the God molecule. Yeah, no, not synthesized. Sorry, but like it, it's it comes from a plant root, and I I don't know the exact. Don't model. we have it in our own brains? Yeah, it's, we uh, do. It exists inside of us. Yeah. Well, no, not the DMT drug itself. The DMT actually isn't. I could be wrong about this, but I think uh, they give you some kind of thing. They call it DMT when you get it, but I think the DMT is actually produced by you, and that whatever you freebase is triggering the pineal gland in your uh, in your head to create the DMT. Gotcha. I, I, I think I might be totally wrong. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. Yeah, I, I, I had. Uh, I'm trying to find it in my papers. DMT this... is when you talk to the aliens, which exactly. some people think are God, but it might be part of us. I don't know. I've talked to the aliens. I didn't like them. I didn't get along with them. You did DMT? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it at all. I didn't. I didn't want to go on the alien ship. I didn't want to talk to the aliens. They wanted me to go with them. I didn't want to sitting on the top of a roof just looking at the stars like a nice person suddenly the aliens come they want to take me away I say no because also I didn't want to fall off the roof but I mean I was still <laughs> like I, I really didn't I didn't want to listen to anything they had to say I didn't like what they were saying hmm. and people were like oh no you're just supposed to go with it you're just supposed to like really be there and listen they give you all the secrets and stuff and I'm like I don't want to hear their fucking secrets I didn't I didn't like that it's, it's fucking heavy man it was the longest yeah. like three minutes of my life yeah, like, I, I feel like if you, when you die, you die, that's it. But again, to go off the DMT, uh, Rick Strassman, he's a, um, he's a scientist that focuses um, solely on psychedelic effects, psychedelic effects in um, the human brain. From 1990 to 1995, he had five dozen volunteers. Yeah, spirit molecule, yeah. Yeah, and then he gave, like, like 400 doses each, and they all kind of got to that same conclusion, so... Like, yeah, there was a blind study, too. Those people weren't talking to each other, and they all had such similar things. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great study. And they were they were injecting it, too, um, which is the purest way that you can do it. I've, I've seen the videos of those people doing that. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, one thing to like, oh yeah, this makes you paranoid, or like, uh, oh yeah, like drunk, being drunk makes you stupid. But like, you know, uh, thousands of people saying like, yeah, I went to a weird realm and saw alien people on a giant grid. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So like, if and they kept telling me, everything you believe is not real. It's all a construct. Nothing. Everything that you believe is a thin veil of not of of dis of non truth. And that we know, we can lift the veil, and you'll see that everything you believe isn't real. And I was like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to lift the veil. Don't lift the veil. I like the veil. You're living life right now, yeah. Wait, like, cause, again, like, there's been studies that say, and you know, they could be wrong, they could be right. I don't know. Like, they're, they're very conflicting. But D- studies say that DMT is produced in your brain when you're born and when you die at the yeah. greatest points in life. Yeah. Oh. If you ever get your hands on it, freebase it. Don't just put it on some weed. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I've been kind of flip-flopping about doing it or not. You know, I've just learned about it. But when I die, I, I kind of want that experience to be new, you know, rather than being like, all right, another drug trip. But um, I, I'm probably, huh. I, I, I might do it. I don't know. But in the back of my head, there's always going to be that temptation just to see what's beyond the veil. Do some acid before you do the DMT. Yeah, yeah. The highest, the strongest psychedelic I've ever done is shrooms. 
And Which are also lovely. Oh, they're fun. First time was horrible. Um, I got stuck in a loop saying I need to pee the entire time because my oh, friend had to do that. Oh, yeah. We were with um, in our friend's car, and he was sober because he was driving us around. Not fun to be in a car when you're on shrooms. No, no, terrible. Cars, phones, bad. Oh, yeah. Moms, moms, cars, phones, bad. <laughs> All that. Yeah, but the second time I did it, um, I went in this beautiful trail. I was above the clouds, and, like, I... I I almost I thought I thought I saw God talk to me, you know, because I saw religious symbols up and above there and everything like that. Sure. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. Yay, shrooms. <laughs> well, acid's fun too. It's just a little more mechanical. Like the world kind of divides up into visual cogs and springs, kind of like it's very as shrooms feel more organic and like you might have more wavy hallucinations for me. Yeah. Acid is more like Everything gets divided in its, infant, in its infinitesimal tiny squares of how they all fit together. And, um, Microcosms. Yeah, it can feel like, yeah, there's tiny, but it's as opposed to shrooms, which feel like opening up. For sometimes, for me, acid is more like breaking down all mm. the pieces. And you can get into like, I mean, of course, you can stare at your hand on anything, but it's like <laughs> things your the hallucinations get kind of almost get smaller and smaller and smaller as opposed to getting bigger and bigger i don't know it's weird stuff i i enjoy i enjoy taking acid uh, quite a bit but i don't like to take so much of it that i can't um continue interacting with people without them knowing that i'm on acid yeah. like i don't like to tell people i'm on acid i like to just do it and then like halfway through i'll be like i'll like let it go be like oh it, and just so you guys know i've been on acid <laughs> like if things get too weird and i'm like oh is that too weird i'm on acid right now don't worry about it yeah after you're like, like staring at somebody's face for 15 minutes well you know? i try not to stare at faces because i don't like the way that they look and they uh, make me nervous i don't usually stare at people's faces when I'm on drugs. I also don't look at TV boxes or screens of any kind. Stay away from screens. That's weird. Like, I can stare at somebody's face when I'm on drugs, but when I'm sober, I have a weird thing about eye contact. Huh. Yeah, like I'll, I'll look past your right ear. Because you can't see out of one eye. That makes <laughs> sense. That makes absolute sense. Oh, yeah. You can also stare at people's right in between their eyes, and people will think you're looking at them, but you're really not. So it's a good trick for like if you have... Um, What's that called when you try out for a job? A job interview. <laughs> when you try out for a job and they don't make you do like cheerleading moves or the splits, the trick is to look. What type of jobs are you applying for? Peter? No, I know. I don't apply for any jobs. I don't believe in. I've just, I've, I've auditioned for a lot of things, but I don't, I don't apply for jobs. No one wants to employ me. Take DMT. <laughs> Why would you want to employ me? Talk. Uh, back to Hunter. Uh, what are He's got gonna... all these notes. Look at how prepared you are. Oh, I, I wasn't prepared. This is, I'm, I'm a crammer. Oh, you're a cr but you took all these notes. No one ever has come in with six pages Aaron, of notes. Aaron, really? Few pages of notes. Drummer, comedian Aaron Barrett, our yeah. first guy he had notes? Yeah. yeah. Well, because he, he wanted to talk about Carlos Castaneda, which we never really got to. I'm just, I'm just a very forgetful person. Like, even when I go on stage and do comedy here or, you know, at the brainwash, I'll forget half my tags. So it's uh -huh. like I need to bring it up, you know? Well, you don't need to, but you're using it right now because yeah. you're, I mean, you're so, still so young as a comedian, so don't worry about it. Take oh, your notes thank if you need you. your notes. Yeah. Uh, uh, but don't make it part of your act, my God. Like, look, I uh, got my notes. Hey, everybody, yeah. look at them. Yeah, to quote Tony Sparks, you bring up your notes, you look like an asshole. Well, if you want to bring up your notes, this is going to, I'll give you the best trick, okay? There's a couple of them, but one of them is that you um, write them on a napkin and then you hold it in front of your pint glass. And then whenever you take a sip of your beer, you actually look at your motherfucking notes. But nobody sees that. 
because they think that you're holding a glass with a napkin around it. I like the Apple Watch because I just listen on my watch. Ah, yeah, but you still look like you're checking your notes. But if you surreptitiously have a glass in your hand, you drink, drink the glass, whatever, but you, you can look, you can look through that see-through glass and you can see all your notes and nobody will know you have them. You're fooling everybody. Because uh, even if you have them written on your hand, everybody can see it. And even if you have them written on your wrist, I saw someone with uh, a cute tattoo and it was set list was written here and it was one, two, three, four, five and it had lines. Oh, that's cool. And they would write their jokes <laughs> on the little line for the set list. I thought that was cute. This girl in the Seattle. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to Eagle tonight, so I'll definitely have to like try that out. Try it out. Hide, hide it behind the, behind the glass. It's a good one. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's my smart, smart one. I don't know. We were talking about um, politics earlier. Oh, yeah. yeah you're a politician. Um, you like the poli-sci. I do. I, I was a poli-sci major for a while. And <clears throat> I, like, it, if you're an atheist, if you're a Buddhist or anything, no matter where you go, every other religion is going to follow you. You know, and you can see it, especially in politics. Again, I was talking about like how po- every politician, on, well, not every, but every um, ticket for the presidency or office, there's always one person saying, I, God told me to run. And that's, that's not going to end for a very long time. Um, uh, for example, voting-wise, uh, non-religious people, atheists, uh, 54% of them say that they have democratic or um, progressive tendencies. Huh. 22% say they don't lean either way. And 23% say they're Republican. Now, I know that math does not equal 100%. It's kind of weird. But like that, that's what the study told me. Uh, and then you go on to evangelical Christians, which are, you know, kind of like the lousiest bunch of the group, especially in the Bible Belt. It's completely reversed. 56% Republican, 16% undecided, 28% Democrat. Wow. Yeah, and the older people tend to have um, a higher, tend to have higher tendencies to be religious in that sense. Sure. So, like, pol- uh, religion and politics, which is, is going to be um, in, religion is going to be in politics for a very long time, which... I find very. But I thought that we had a separation between church and state. Isn't an, that, that bizarre? Annoys me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It annoys, it annoys me, me. Like because people were like, we can't let a Jew be in the White House. Can't do that. Bernie's yeah. a Jew. Why would you want a Jew? I keep using this weird like bodunk. <laughs> this is my, this is my Bible Belt bodunk voice. But they sure them like they don't like them Jews. Not them Bernies. Not socialist Jews. Uh, yeah. But I, I, Bible Belt people make me nervous because they're blindly following again. They do. They blindly follow, like, all that stuff. They they eat cereal straws. They watch, you know, The Voice or whatever. They eat every party line that we feed them. They're like, oh, if I... Yeah, like... Uh, and Jimmy Dean sausage. <laughs> the uh, Colbert Report, it, take it with a grain of salt because the real Colbert Report, you know, isn't a real news organization. But they did this bit when um, there were a bunch of anti-gay uh, rallies, like when... Uh, the Supreme Court passed that homosexuality was allowed to be um, recognized as marriage. Uh, they re- they um, interviewed a lot of people who were anti-gay, and they said, why are you out here? And a huge majority of them said, because my pastor told me to come out. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like, well, I- and if you look back into the Bible and you wonder, like, why did all this homosexual hate, where might that have come from? Well, I believe that it's, it's contextual in that at the time when the books were written, the Jews were constantly being chased by all of these enemies, right? Throughout time, the Jews have been persecuted by everybody, right? 
and they stole their boys and forced them into sex slavery. Like the Romans, man, they're terrible. They'd be like, oh, you're our slaves? We take your boys and we fuck them. Yeah. Because that's what they did to everybody. It didn't matter if you were a Jew or if you were black or if you were from some weird other, whatever country you were from, if you were the, if you were the loser, they take your kids and then they enslave them. That's just what, that's just what enslaving countries do. So the Jews wrote the Bible and that said, Hey, you know what? It sucks when you, when some old dude is having ass sex with your kid, that's a bummer. But there also is like, you can have consenting relationships between adults. Just like I'm sure a lot of girls were stolen and raped. And that sucks too. But you can have, you know, consenting adult relationships between people who might not be married. Yeah, which which is a very hypocritical in the Bible like you were going off of. You know, you they, again, girls have been stolen from slavery and, you know, forced into the sex trade. But you can sell your daughter right. for the sex trade. Sure. Yeah, that still happens now. Like. Sadly, it does, yeah. Kid, yeah, I mean. There was a problem with, this is so off topic, but um, because in China they made people murder all the girls, you know, because they're like, they had one child law, right? So everybody wanted to have a boy. No one wanted to have girls because you can't pass anything down to girls. So they just drowned the girls in chamber pots. And I've, I've read poems about like, oh, I had to drown my sister in chamber pot. And then one of the girls was like, I didn't want to drown my sister. So I said, sell me into slavery. It's this great poem or whatever. So she sells herself into slavery in order to save her younger sister because you were only allowed to have so many kids and they drowned the other girl baby and they couldn't afford them, all this kind of stuff. And so what happened is that once they said, oh, you can only have so many babies, so many girl babies didn't happen in China that now their population is like 70% men and 30% women. And that's why the proliferation of the sex trade in the Philippines and in Bangladesh. Right. Exactly. Lots of gangbang porn. But also, there's a huge like um, sex trade that goes on from Indonesia and all these other countries into China because there's so many dudes. They need to, and there's not enough women. They can't marry. I mean, they don't have they don't have a one to one ratio. So imagine like mm. they've got to. What are they gonna? What are, what else are they gonna do? Sad. I don't know. Since we were talking about, oh, so go ahead, Tim. I was just reading some study recently that like a really big portion of the uh, men my age in China right now, um, something like close to like sixty or seventy percent, um, are just locked up in their apartments with mental illness. Yeah. Wow. It's also happening right now in Japan. It's oh, okay. maybe yeah, that was it. Maybe I'm racist. It's, the, there, it's it, there's a there's a new phenomena in uh, Japan where men your age range, it's like eighteen to thirty four or something, have haven't left the house in over a year. Yeah. Their population a, is dwindling because they haven't had sex so much. It's the first time in a civilized society that a population has started to drop because of how low their sex drive is. Well, it's not that they're they're not they're just not having sex with actual people. They they, yeah. they yeah. jerk off in front of the internet. They they have weird sex toy dolls that look like humans and feel like humans and, that have like, you know, pubic hair put in hair by hair. Yeah, and that's <coughs> That's crazy, too, if you look at the correlation, whereas um, extremely slide. religious families, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Irish Catholic. My grandmother was born during the potato famine. Oh, wow. Okay, she, like, she was strict Irish Catholic. She had 13 children. Wow. Yeah. You go to Japan, that, that, and in, in Ireland, um, sexuality is kind of repressed, you know, and you, have, you see a huge, you know, families. You go to Japan, it's thrown out there. 
all right? I've been to Japan. I've seen masturbation condoms, okay? Like, they have sex shops. Like, everything's up for grabs. Huh. Their population's dropping. And I think that's a very interesting correlation that, you know, should be looked in on more. Well, and they're both islands. Oh, yeah. That's... There could be something there, too, Pam. Because the Japanese are on an island, so they're, like, conserving space, and they're like, hey, you know, I don't have any more kids. You know, we're all on islands. At what point do they say this isn't an island anymore, it's a continent? Good question. Yeah, I guess, and maybe an island, it's just of a certain size. If California broke off from the rest of the nation, we could be an island. All we'd need is a moat. We'd be a very strong economy, too. It would be great. I say we all line the edges of California, we get some big, long sticks... And everybody just push. Here we go. And then we're going to make, like, you know, a nice moat. We can get some pirates. We can get Johnny Depp to be our president. He can lead all the pirates. And we can do, like, drive-by, like, boat bombings against. I kind of want to take Vegas with us. We can easily yeah, take we, Yeah, Vegas we need to take Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, take we got to do it right along the fault line, too. Wait for the next major earthquake. Oh, that's earthquake. a good thing. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There Lack we go. of manpower. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, see, these are the kinds of plans that I think are important for the future. Yeah. I also believe that the T-Rex, I don't know if you guys, <laughs> I, I created a I don't monster, know if I'm you sorry. guys heard this about the T-Rex, but yeah. it didn't, it wasn't shaped like that at all. And now it's clear to me exactly how the T-Rex was shaped. And that's why dragons existed. You got to draw a picture exist. of the T-Rex for us. I will. I will. Well, I keep trying to Jonathan. It's going to be the <laughs> Wait for Jonathan is getting angry about this theory. He's like, no, Pam, I just don't see it. And I'm like, how can you not see it? How can you not look at the pictures and see? Why would it have this weird thing covering bones that already exist? It had its spine like a snake all the way down. Why would you cover that spine with more bone? Why does it need to be protected from above when it's like the biggest creature? Of course it was a breastbone. It's from underneath. It's from underneath. It totally... I can't believe that it took me 42 years to finally come across this theory. I've been fed the lies. I've been fed these T-Rex lies. And this is where I say, no more. No more of these T-Rex lies. And if a T-Rex is a lie, what other lies are out there? What other lies have we all believed in for so long about Jesus or God or gravity or whatever? And we're all just supposed to be like, yeah, let's vote for Trump. <laughs> like, Believe me. I don't know how magnets work. What is ICP's stance? Do you think they're voting for Hill Dog or Trumpy? And St. Clown Posse. They're in their it's own the world. I mean, they're like the kings of their own little fiefdom. They don't give a fuck. They don't. They so don't. I've, I've never really been introduced to ICP. <gasps> I know. It's ter- It's terrible. It's ridiculous. They dress like clowns. It's like, it's. I'm reading it right now, and I just can't stop thinking of like Pennywise the Clown living through these five guys. I hear that once you go to a show, it's really, really fun. Um, I might actually do it. Um, I don't, I've never really heard the music. I can't say that I don't like it. I can say that I don't like the people who like it. Yeah, but I know some people who like them, but um, I've never actually seen any of those people with makeup on or met them. So I'm sure it's it looks awful. It all looks awful to me. But uh, who knows? Um, uh, it'd definitely be something that you know you wouldn't regret doing, no matter how horrible the experience was. I- if it would be horrible, you know. I mean, I'm sure it's no worse than fucking going to church. It can't uh, be any worse than going to Burning Man. Yeah. Um, but I hear they're very uh, open and uh, non-judgmental. As long as you drink Fago. Yeah. I'm down to drink some I don't know how we got an ICP. I, I did it. I got us on ICP. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, any other uh, closing remarks on your vision of the world? Like how? I believe that religion will cease to exist. Maybe not within my generation. Again, I'm 22, so this could happen 20, 200 years from now. Uh, you look at Iceland. All right. The millennials Iceland. in Iceland, uh, 98 to 100%, somewhere around the percentage, atheist. 
Iceland so far thinking it York she has wonderful yeah. uh, wonderful I this, music. I saw know. this YouTube documentary, like it was it was transferred onto YouTube where a priest from Georgia or somewhere in the mid like the middle of Midwest of the US, he went out to go visit the um, Icelandic churches over there and he freaked out because they play metal at the churches. Of course like, I did. Hardcore death metal. <laughs> so so very much orchestration in the yeah, death so metal, you know, in the the, the, <laughs> the places where the snow happens. So close to God, you know, the, the music and the ice. I come from wolves. I come where people are descended from wolves. I love the Bjork voice. It's like one of the only voices I can do. That and someone dumb from like Georgia. Um so no religion you say no religion is good but then how do we i'm not saying no religion is good i'm saying religion will be void after a certain point okay if i'm talking about religion is but good how are we going to control the people if we don't have religion hunter <laughs> you can't that's the point ah uh, you shouldn't be able to control the people but, but again, someone but always I, wants to control the people that's going to keep happening it is and but like it's it's again like religion is you know in the eyes of the beholder who writes it mm-hmm. you know um I, i'm and it really, like, once people start thinking outside the box, that's when religious agree I'm null and void. Well, However, thanks. with that being said, I am jealous of people who do religion right. Like, mm-hmm. okay, when my grandmother, again, 13 kids, okay, she died when she was 92, happiest woman I've ever met in my life, mm-hmm. all right? When one of her sons died, he was 28, a little older mm-hmm. than me, okay? He was riding his motorcycle home in Ireland. Slipped on something, got impaled by um, a spike out oh, of a church. Ter- out of church? Yeah. He died right under a statue of Mary. Her immediate thought was, it's a miracle. He's with God now. And like, just, uh, just to have that thought process, to you know, be grateful for everything, is something that I truly wish I could have. But I can't because I've read the Bible. I've been huh. I thought outside the box. You know, it's just, it's, I think religious people are lucky in a sense. That because they, they believe that, you know, some God created this for them. And mm. it'd be a lot easier walking around thinking day to day with that thought process than going, I'm just a random guy named Hunter who lives in South San Francisco. Mm. You know? Right. Well, religion can, it attributes, it, religion, it, it, it attributes importance to life, to, yeah. to individuals' lives. And I don't know, maybe we, need to remember that as we uh, I don't know go forth in this great world that was almost a benediction but um, yeah I mean do we believe in in the value of human life that's debatable I mean do we care that there's four million displaced Syrians from a, a, a war that we kind of created? I'm not even sure Syria exists. Is it a place? I think that the only reason I know it. about them is because they persecuted the Jews in the Bible. So that's how I got. I'm like, look what comes to you, you weird Arabs. You see, you persecute the people, the <laughs> Jesus people. You persecute persecute us, and we're going to persecute you. You see, see how that works? <laughs> uh, sorry, I've been doing that voice today because Trump is so on the brain. Well... Rad. You, and, I mean, any other any other thing? How, so how, how are you going to make the world a better place there, uh, Hunter? How am I going to make the world a better place? I don't think I can. <gasps> I, I don't mean that in a pessimistic sort of way. You know, like I, okay, I can make a world a better place by helping out my family. Oh, but I cannot good. make a world a better place by telling some dude in Wisconsin that he can't preach to God. Huh. You know? I cannot make a world a better place by controlling a woman's reproductive system. Thank God, God bless that. Yeah, I cannot. Amen, brother. Amen. 
I can't make, you know. Good like, luck getting a woman to do anything. <laughs> exactly. Whoa. Ooh. We're all good. It's okay. Whiskey it didn't down. No, no, no. It's a miracle. He believes in it. I um, yeah, believe. But you believe in something. You believe in yourself. You believe in your family. You believe. I, I think this life is what makes, you know, you can make whatever meaning you want out of this life. And I think that's the whole importance of it. You don't know. When you come in, you don't know. The struggle is what makes it all worth it. I hate the struggle. I know, but after you get past it, you know, it's just, you get maybe 10, 20 years. And then there's another struggle until you find another struggle. You can never rest on your laurels. There's always another struggle. Why do the struggle with some bullshit hope of like fucking fairy town and heaven and all this other bullshit that everything's going to be great and it's never fucking going to? Fairy town. Why don't you just accept reality and fucking move on? Yeah, big boy. Not you. I'm just saying rhetorically. <laughs> but, no, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. I mean, good point. But then it, it's almost like nihilism. Like, well, then what's the point of anything? There isn't. If there is no point of anything, <laughs> then what's the point of anything? Yeah, see, my thing is the point of something is to find the point, you know? And once you find it, you have it. But it, it, it varies from person to person what they find. Like, again, I think religion is a shortcut to the point. Ah, hey. No, it's not, but it's not to the point. It's, so, it's got some core good points. Like, don't be good on others. That's why it's a shortcut. You know, don't steal. But then there's like other shit that like can't fit in there. See, but I kind of think that the, the religion in itself, is like a cone, right? And it starts at the bottom and it goes up to this infinitesimal point, and it, and everything's sort of leading to the same point but there's all of these ladders outside the cone right so like here's the christian ladder and here's the buddhist ladder and here's the catholic ladder and here's the islamic ladder and here's you're talking about a pyramid that jews built i yeah except it's a circular pyramid it's a circular it's more like a tower of babel and then it it's a tower it's a tower pyramid of babel and it all goes up to the same point right but that's the thing is that you could be on a you could you could be on an atheist ladder and still, there's still the same power at the top that makes the world turn around. It might just be gravity. Maybe we're all just worshiping gravity. I don't know. But the way that people come at it from different ways, and they can truly believe, and they can be at the top of their motherfucking ladder, and they could be a priest in some Catholic thing, or they could be, you know, a high, they could be the best meditator, they could, you know, twist their body into weird yogic ways. And we might be over here on this rung and be like, well, Christianity says that that's not real. But they're over here on this ladder and they're way higher up. So it's like, I try to envision it that way, that like everyone can believe whatever they want as long as they believe in something. But then if you're an atheist, you don't believe in nothing because you still believe in gravity. Yeah, I, I, I hate that stigmatism with atheists, where it's just we're all unmoral, we don't believe in anything, it's just life is, you know, like, do whatever you want in life. That's, well, that's Satanism, that's a completely different thing, that's a self-serving, yeah, which is not so I, bad either. I mean, no, it's not yet, that has a bad stigmatism too. Well, that's why I went, that's exactly why I went with, I heard a comic, I can't remember his name, I see he was on The Nerdist and I totally jacked this, but I actually wholeheartedly believe in it. Uh, but I was like, I'll call myself an apathist because I just don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, like, it's like I don't think about things I don't have control of or that don't have answers. None of these things have answers, therefore I will not waste my time. I'm an apatist because I love Joe Apatow movies, <laughs> so I'm definitely an apatist. Yeah. No, but that's a great that's a great terminology. Yeah. Do yeah. I wish I could remember who the guy was, but I'm not gonna fucking listen to you know ten hours of Chris Hardwick before I find it. <laughs> uh. Fair enough. Yeah. 
So uh, thank you so much, Hunter, for being here. Hunter thank Uniac. You for when, me, when can people see you at your next performance? You're going to be there um, tonight at Eagle. And I'm going to be Brainwash. there tonight at Eagle. My next showcase is at um, O'Malley's in Mountain View. Where is yeah. Mountain View? I don't know. I'm going to find out. It's going to be wow. a journey to get there. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. O'Malley's in Mountain View. If you guys are listening, go uh, check them out or come to the Brainwash most nights a week. You'll see all, one or all of us at some point there yep. doing things. Uh, last word on this. Everybody bummed that they're going to be closing early on Saturdays and Sundays now, the Brainwash. No more comedy on Saturdays or Sundays. When? Starting like now. Brainwash. Really? Brainwash yeah. is closing at 6 on Saturdays and Sundays. No shit. There goes my show. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't I, know about that? No. Oh, that's right. You did the wall on Saturdays, well, right? You could, yeah. You could yeah. do it here once a month? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'll just can it. I, I'm that bummed. kind of nice, too. I'm Get bummed from the lack of opportunity, but at the same time, I didn't go on weekends because weekends are weekends. me time. I mean, I go on sun. I was going on Sundays because I don't go to Punchline, so I was like, yeah, I'll get a set in. Yeah. But, uh. So sad that the brainwash is doing He says, well, I just can't make any money. I'm like, you're totally making money all the time, bro. <sighs> Okay, cool. Yay, Hunter. Uh, Timmy, you got the moogs on the ones and twos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double um, this clues. Is, uh, you can actually download this, what I'm about to play. Uh, if you go to uh, SoundCloud and look up Pervert Fervor, um, this track would be called Paper Planes. Uh, it's an hour long. Perfect. Is it three? Thank you guys for joining us today on Some Call Me Tim. Keep listening to the Moogie Moogs on the ones and twos. Thanks again to Hunter Uniac. I'll never forget how to pronounce his name. Next week, Smelly Strable. Shelly Strable's in my phone. Every time I text her, it always comes out as smelly. So I'm going to call her Smelly Strable, and we're going to learn all about her... Um, history, past, future, and what she believes. Thank you guys for joining us so much and keep listening to Some Call Me Too here on Mutiny Radio.